Greetings, I'm Brad Thomas, and this is After All is Said and Done. Welcome. After all is said and done, then we will know, won't we? But perhaps we can know now, if we choose to. Well, around the United States of America and around the globe, there are any number of large matters going on, large events, large news stories. If you tune in to the television, you can probably watch nonstop stream of consciousness reporting from the major media, uh, and if not the major media elites, then those such as Weather Channel concerning Hurricane Harvey, which the experts are expecting to become Tropical Storm Harvey and then perhaps re-energizing to Hurricane Harvey again, not to be confused with Harvey the Rabbit. And there is great concern that a large number of people may lose their lives in the wake of flooding, massive flooding generated by the massive torrential rains which are expected to continue for the better part of a week throughout the Gulf Coast area of Texas and very likely on up into Louisiana or Louisiana and neighboring areas. But as dire as the predictions are with regard to the expected conditions there and what has been taking place and what they expect to continue throughout this week, those conditions still in point of fact, pale in comparison to the challenges that would be faced were this transplanted to northeast United States of America, New England, during the winter. If this were a nor'easter hurricane, then you would have massive flooding of freezing waters, and you would have ice storms and power lines crashing from that, as well as the trees crashing, breaking and crashing, not only damaging houses, but greatly endangering those even outside of their homes, fleeing their homes on the streets, what have you. And the people would be cast into darkness, if you will, from lack of electrical power. And they would be in the midst of exceedingly cold temperatures. And I'm not talking about 32 degrees, 30 degrees. I mean, try, oh, you know, 10 below, that kind of thing. So it could be worse, is my point. could be much worse. So when the experts are talking about how terrible and how dire it is, and indeed it very likely will be, and they are concerned that there may be tornadoes that will come in behind the hurricane, uh, it could be worse. But apart from the big stories of Hurricane Harvey and the eclipse the totality uh, that it was referred to and what's going on with regard to North Korea and the Trump administration and all of the excitement. Let me just refer to a very local story, but one that is a microcosm of crime, vicious, violent, murderous crime that has engulfed this nation for decades now. Little girls, girls, young women, young mothers have been the target of monstrous, violent crime for decades now. 
Was this true in yesteryear or a half century ago? Was there targeting of this demographic? Absolutely. By destroyers, absolute sadistic, hellish destroyers. But the quantity of the crime, the quantum leap in how frequent, how common the occurrence of these events is, has been staggeringly increased. And why is that? Well, there are a number of reasons. The destroyers were always around, but they've been encouraged. They've been rewarded. They've been condoned by being slapped on the wrist if they're prosecuted. They know that in all likelihood, the worst that they can get is some time in jail, some time in prison. The worst that they can get. With very few exceptions. Well, perhaps you saw the stories regarding this beautiful young 22-year-old woman, Savannah Greywind, in North Dakota. And Fargo, North Dakota, is synonymous with a number of things. Of course, with the great oil boom here in the United States that has uh, been, as of late, the past several years, a great increase associated with methods which some people find to be extremely distasteful and which have been somewhat controversial, but which has been an enormous boon to the United States of America, to the people of the United States of America, and to energy independence, but which has been greatly, greatly hurt by the actions of OPEC, that once mighty cartel, which still is the bully on the block, and the others around the world who have done everything they can to cripple (laughs) this burgeoning oil boom in the United States of America. So Fargo, North Dakota, and the state of North Dakota are right at the epicenter of that, along with some other locations in Pennsylvania, Texas, and so forth. And, I should say, in Wyoming, Colorado. But, additionally, perhaps you saw the movie Fargo. I did not. I, you'll probably be shocked to, to hear that after the movies that I have referred to and frequently. But I have not seen the movie Fargo. I just did not find the little synopses and so forth that I read about it to be particularly appealing So I have not viewed that, nor have I viewed the television series, Fargo. Well, this beautiful young woman, Savannah Greywind, 22 years old. She was eight months pregnant, great with child. And she went to visit a neighbor who had requested her help with something. This beautiful young woman, great with child, with swollen feet, she left her apartment, left her car, left her purse, cell phone, what have you, right after having ordered a pizza, which was delivered, and she went to help out a neighbor. And she was never seen again. But interestingly enough, when the alarmed mother of this young woman contacted the police about it, and the police followed up on that to find out where she was, lo and behold, they found a baby, a newborn baby, at the apartment of these neighbors. A newborn baby that was not theirs. Now, they have arrested these people, charged them with suspicion of kidnapping. Question, how would this young woman's 
preborn baby, eight month developed baby, have come to be with them in their apartment. When they said, oh, that she left, the woman left, after having been there working on a sewing project, she left. Of course she left. That's why she didn't need her pizza. That's why she disappeared while her car and her belongings remained in her apartment. Of course she did. She just left and so on and so forth. Well, how would that baby come to be there? The chances that this young woman are still alive, I would say, are about one in a billion, unfortunately. Because how did they get this baby out of this woman who was eight months pregnant without cutting the baby, ripping the baby out of the woman? There have been a number of these particular kinds of attacks. And, of course, the mother typically dies. The mother is murdered. Any number of times the baby also dies. But the chances that they merely kidnapped this woman and somehow then induced her into labor and are keeping the woman as a slave or whatever, I'd say the chances of that are minute. And I have absolutely no comprehension of how the police can fail to charge these people, this couple, with suspicion of murder, at least suspicion of murder. Typically, the target targeting of girls, young women, young mothers is for kidnap, rape, murder, kidnap, rape, sex slave enslavement, kidnap, rape, trafficking, whether they are prostituted by a pimp, whether they are sold to others and even into other countries, but very frequently from state to state, beautiful, fair girls kidnapped in Minnesota and then trafficked down to areas where they are rarer, and so forth. But the number of these destroyers that ever are executed is a tiny drop in the bucket and is zero deterrent. The number that are executed, those executions are never a deterrent. Instead, the vast numbers that never see death, even of the most painless variety that never see death for their crimes, from the benevolent, beneficent, wonderful, just, righteous, honorable government, the number of those who know that they can commit these crimes with virtually no ramifications, no suffering involved. That has been an enormous impetus, as well as the exceedingly sadistic, vicious, ruthless pornography, particular pornography that focuses on inflicting terrible suffering on girls, young women, and so forth. Courtesy of the great champions of such things, the champions like Supreme Court Justice, woman's champion, Ruth Bader Ginsburg. But these monstrous crimes against girls, young women, young mothers, typically, and again, it's not to say that other women are not targeted and attacked. They are. And the more attractive, the younger that they appear to be, irrespective of their actual age, the more likely they are to be attacked. The kinder, the sweeter, the gentler, the friendlier, the more open, the more trusting, the more they seek to see the good, to find the good in everybody, the more likely they are 
to be attacked, the more defenseless they are, which assuredly was true of Savannah Greywind. Hopefully, hopefully, I pray to God she is alive, but I doubt it greatly. But over to the total eclipse. I kept hearing about totality, 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 totality. Did you? I mean, they just kept pounding that away. Oh, that is such a brilliant thing to say. All of our experts will just keep saying this about totality. So there was this total eclipse of the sun, right? Solar eclipse. Well, there is secular worldwide fascination with this eclipse. Media frenzy over it. People traveling great distances to park in the 70 or 80 mile band of trajectory from the west coast of the United States of America to the east coast. From the coast of Oregon to the coast of South Carolina. And all the way along it, little bitty towns saw enormous, enormous, dangerous increases in vehicular uh, population. Uh, When I say vehicular population, I'm referring not only to the numbers of vehicles, but to the people who came in them. But they just absolutely swelled these little places past the breaking point. And the authorities here, there, and the other place were very concerned about the great likelihood of terrible accidents on the road, on the roads. Uh, But I haven't heard of too many such things having taken place. Fortunately, apparently, there was very little in that regard. But this massive, massive media frenzy and these people who are just enamored and in love with this and this one lovely younger woman correspondent on TV who was saying she's hooked. She is now going to be an eclipse chaser, they refer to them, just like the, you know, the tornado chasers and so forth. Oh, it's just so fantastic. Fascinating the difference between that and going back a couple millennia to when there was a totally eclipse, solar eclipse, in Israel. And... I don't know if the people were absolutely, you know, spellbound by the eclipse, but they certainly overwhelmingly failed to see any connection between that physical event and the spiritual cause for it, the fact of the crucifixion of Jesus Christ at Calvary, at Golgotha that it became dark, that there was a total solar eclipse totality, if you will, while the Christ, the Messiah, God, the Son, hung on the cross. But here are these people who are all but worshiping the sun and the moon and the heavens above, but not the kingdom of heaven, this extreme, foolish, idolatrous passion is viewed as wise and wonderful. References that I heard were from totality, totality, the last totality of the solar eclipse, the zone of totality. I did not hear about the Zen of totality, but I might as well have. But I did hear about the zone of totality. 
So then I suppose they were being in the zone. They were in the zone. And then this one woman, attractive, larger woman, who was a scientist, their expert uh, for one of the major media outlets, this woman who embodied the intellectual sophistication of science. She repeatedly said, this is why we do science. This is why we do science. I thought, my gosh, well, you know, you may have done extremely well in science and maybe in math, but what about your English? This is why we do science. This is why we do science. She just said it repeatedly throughout, I don't know, over how long a period of time. I thought that was really impressive. Well, also referred to Mother Nature was putting on a show. Mother Nature. They started off by referring to nature. Nature. And just, you know, more generic, more euphemistic there. And then... Then it comes to Mother Nature, and it shows, and you could say, well, that's just harmless. That's just the way that they talk. That's the way they chatter. That's just, you know, something they say. No. From the heart, issue forth, what is actually in the person. And what comes forth from the mouth is supposed to, according to God, it is a direct reflection of what is in the heart, what is issuing forth from the heart. And when they're referring to Mother Nature in a glowing, worshipful way, is that they are in point of fact stating that. Not only with everything else that they are saying, which leads unmistakably for me to the conclusion that they are worshiping nature and worshiping man. Man is the measure of all things. Except here they're beyond that, even greater. They're worshiping the stars, the sun, the moon, the stars the universe, the universes. But they are not worshiping the creator, they are worshiping the creation. And it is idolatry, and it is condemned by God. And to put it more strongly, it is damned by God. But Mother Nature is putting on a show, and they kept referring to these other things in terms of the specifics some particular phenomena there with regard to the eclipse about the beads and the snakes, the visual markers, you might say, of the eclipse. And something else that I heard repeatedly was that this was two and a half minutes the most noteworthy two and a half minutes of our lives. Also, the shortest two and a half minutes of life. Isn't that fascinating? The solar eclipse, where the sun is blackened by the moon in its path, covering it, overlaying it, if you will. That the time of that, the two and a half minutes, constitutes the most noteworthy two and a half minutes of our lives. Fascinating. Oh, this is just the greatest, the most incredible thing. And now, in 2024, there is supposed to be an eclipse which will not, at least it's not predicted, to travel across the path of the United States of America from coast to coast, but rather seemingly from the Gulf Coast arcing off of the Northeast and New England and the maritime provinces of Canada and continuing on on that path. But that is supposed to be an eclipse of about six minutes. Oh, how spectacular, how fantastic. 
What about the eclipse while Christ Jesus was hanging on the cross? An eclipse that was more than three hours. Hmm. I wonder, you know, for all of you scientific gurus like the woman who is worshiping Mother Nature, and that is why we do science, I wonder if maybe one would think that was even more significant. And I apologize for the time with regard to that as far as three hours, six hours, depending on what version of the Bible you're reading, what translation, what uh, with the damage that has been done to the Word of God. But imagine that, if you will. Not two and a half minutes. I'm going to be very generous with them here, very liberal and all. I will round that up to three minutes, okay? Three minutes. Oh, the most noteworthy three minutes of our lives. How does that contrast with three hours or six hours, 2,000 years ago plus? Well, I, you know, undoubtedly just doesn't compare. Uh, that this is more significant because this is the most noteworthy two and a half minutes of our lives. And it was so funny about they were set up at different places, you know, the correspondence. And so their ground center was in Carbondale, Illinois, in the stadium for University of Illinois Carbondale. And it was Lovely temperatures there, 109 degrees, then it got down to 104. I think it finally got down to 100. Well, where I have been residing, it has been in the 90s, upper 90s, and low 100s for some time. (laughs) Unbearable. but And they, they, they ended up missing the whole thing because this is where this woman was, this expert, among others. But, uh... At the time that the eclipse was going to be passing overhead, the clouds intervened and blocked their view. It was outstanding. And and so they got, I don't know, some seconds of it as it was approaching and some seconds of it as it departed. And interestingly enough, because again, these are completely, utterly, totally unspiritual people. And when I say unspiritual, I'm talking about devoid of faith in God, in Christ Jesus. Okay, if they are into yoga and meditating on their navel and on the daisies and on this, that, and the other, and they are worshiping uh, the Hindu so-called gods, deities, and all of these other things. Okay, you can call that spiritual or spiritism or whatever you want to, but these are people devoid of faith. And as far as I am concerned, of a heart for truth. And science devoid of a heart for truth is empty, vacuous, foolish, ignorant, stupid, dead end. As far as I am concerned, the great scientists of yesteryear were noticeably and notably people of faith in God. But here they were blocked from seeing this, and this was supposed to be where there would be the longest period of time that one would be able to witness this wonder. <laughs> and they did not see it at all. I think the same thing happened in, uh, there was another place along the course, and it, I couldn't understand how Nashville could be on the course, but they were referring to Nashville. Time and again, they went back to their correspondent in Nashville, and I believe the same thing took place there. But what it reminds me of is of Moses wanting to see God and God passing by Moses and covering Moses' view so that Moses could only see the appearance of the departing 
God, the departure of God. He could not see his face. He could not see the front of God. Did not get a frontal view of the Lord God Almighty. Makes me think of that. I can just picture God blocking the view of these idolatrous, foolish people from seeing the object of their desire. Uh, but anyway, that's <laughs> my perspective on it. And then I also heard these say, so they said, we are always cursed by clouds. We are always cursed by clouds. Uh, the fellow from the Weather Channel who was there with her, the one with the shaved, polished head, who is their point man at so many major weather events. And then another line that I heard was, America witnesses history. Oh, my word. America witnesses history. Well, I guess uh, the distinctive something or other about that is that it's America that they're referring to the totality of the American people. But they should have said the world witnesses history. But you know what? I mean... That's what happens. History is witnessed, sometimes only by a person or two or three, some historical fact, such as the passing of a great leader. Great leaders the likes of which the socialists who are continuing to push this nation. They've pushed it so far, but to push this nation into the abyss. But the passing of great people who they dismiss and whom they decry and whom they dishonor with impunity, the likes of George Washington and, dare I say, Robert E. Lee and so on and so forth, But these may only be witnessed by one person, two people, a handful of people. And yet it's a historical event. It's a historical fact. And perhaps not witnessed by anybody, the actual death, the actual passing. And then we have events which are witnessed by a great number of people, such as the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. But people who... The majority of them that were there likely were not worshipers of Jesus. And then we have events that are seen by fewer, but still by a large number of people, such as the ascension of Jesus Christ into heaven. And then we have lies which are not witnessed by anybody, but which are communicated down through the ages, such as the supposed, purported ascension of the evil, murderous, rapacious, mass murderer and inciter of mass murder, the false prophet Muhammad, the fleshly founder of Islam. So 500-plus people witnessed the ascension of Jesus Christ into heaven. But Muhammad, everything about Islam is designed to nullify Christianity and Jewry. And so naturally, his supposed ascension had to take place at Jerusalem to seize control of Jerusalem, and Israel. But other brilliant statements that were made concerning the eclipse were this. Our sun is a raging nuclear furnace able to power for billions of years. And yet, I've heard various different things over the years of experts, scientists, being concerned that the sun will burn out. (laughs) Just burn out and and leave the earth to die a terrible death. 
But our sun is a raging nuclear furnace able to power for billions of years. And that this event, this solar eclipse, was so emotional it makes you feel small. But it's also inclusive and it's so whatever it is to be part of this. So the, the quote parts are that it was so emotional it makes you feel small but also inclusive. And then dot, 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 part of this, dot, dot, dot. Then I also heard this. We know more about the core of the sun than we do about the solar corona. The solar corona being what is seen surrounding the blackened specter of the moon superimposed there over the sun. And I heard it from a different expert. We know more about the core of the sun than we do about the solar corona. And they were talking about making reference to the things that they were ignorant of, totally ignorant of, that they have absolutely no understanding about. (laughs) After all of this time, they have no understanding of it. And yet, they would have us believe that they, you know, they really know it all. They really are the experts. What they are saying is gospel. What they are claiming to know is gospel. Just like they claim that this earth is billions of years old, that the universes are billions of years old, the galaxy is only one of billions of galaxies, and each galaxy contains billions of stars. And they know this with certainty. Well, I think one should question how certain they are about any of these things, personally, I think. But back to other matters here in this nation of ours. Perhaps you tuned into some coverage on TV that was pertaining to other matters other than the wonderful, magnificent, spectacular eclipse of two and a half minutes. But to be viewed for that period of time in any place along its path, we only heard about the path here across the United States of America. At least that's all I heard about. I didn't hear anything about it going around the world. But I did hear about President Trump's so-called angry, divisive speech, or divisive for those of you who prefer that, in Phoenix, Arizona. And it was a rally that it uh, did not appeal to me because it was... A campaign rally is what it really was. It was a campaign speech. It was a stump speech. (laughs) It was Trump being Trump. But there were portions of his speaking, smaller portions, much smaller portions, that I thought were among his best that I've heard from him. And then there were the other portions that were typical Trump, you know, greatly over-promising and, of course, greatly under-delivering, and waxing oh, so triumphant in this, that, and the other thing with references that we can accomplish anything. There's nothing that can stop us. There's, and, and that sort of rhetoric that you've heard down through the years from so many politicians. Well, the last time that that was true was back at Babel, (laughs) back at the Tower of Babel, and that God the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost speaking to one another referenced that now all the people there were unified, you could say of one accord, and they were of one language, and they were of, they had one desire and agreement to build up to the heavens. And God made reference to 
their being able to do anything, basically, that they wanted to do. So God put an end to that. Well, God put an end to it then. It hasn't changed since then. There is a limit, a very, very, very extreme, finite limit to what we can do. But the limit on what we can do, whether it's a matter of eradicating diseases, which will never be accomplished, as compared to the limit on what we will do, is another matter. It's true that we will, contrary to what the president said, we will never be able to eradicate evil from this world, never be able to eradicate evil from this nation, never be able to eradicate evil from the capital of this nation, from the government of this nation, never be able to end vicious, ruthless murders, kidnap, rape, murder, so on and so forth. But the reason that there is the quantity of vicious, ruthless, monstrous, murderous crime in this nation, so much of which is targeted on children, typically girls, and young women, very young women, <laughs> uh, everywhere from, uh, and the ages, it varies, but typically from 10 years up to 30 years, is the, the 70 or 80 mile band, if you will. The swath cut through this nation. Why we will never be able to eliminate all of that crime There doesn't need to be the terrible plague of it that there is across this nation, in every place in this nation. There is no Shangri-La. There is no place safe from these things. But the reason that it's as bad, as horribly, horribly, horribly bad as it is, as epidemic as it is, is that There isn't the will on the part of those who are in power to do anything to stem the tide of it. Instead, instead they favor, so many of them favor the evil over the good. They favor the predators over the prey. They favor the destroyers over the kind, gentle, loving, sweet, darling ones. And this is seen not just with regard to violent crime of that ilk, murderous crime, rapacious crime, but also with reference to their decades and decades and decades long attempts to subvert and corrupt and pervert the children from the youngest ages, from the youngest ages. Now, this has been going on for a long time. This didn't just start. Didn't just start. It's been going on for a long time. But, notably, uh, one instance of it was in Rockland, California. Here in the past, I don't know, week or so or two. And it was with kindergarten-age children being subjected to teaching concerning transgender children. And it traumatized the children. This nation has become so perverse that this passes for acceptable, again, among the movers and shakers, the leaders, the rulers. And so much of America, of the silent 
majority, so many of them, the increasingly (laughs) decreasing majority, so many of them do not, so many of them do not comprehend what's happening. And how can they? Because it's so contrary to righteousness, to goodness, to godliness, to decency, to honorableness, to honor itself. It's incomprehensible the depths to which these satanic servants go in order to overthrow all that is good, all that is right all of the ways of God, to overthrow God himself, to dethrone God and his Christ, and to make themselves God. And they enjoy the complicity of those who worship everything other than God. Well, a baby was born in Canada, okay, under circumstances that you would think would be much happier than the circumstances concerning the baby of Savannah Greywind. This beautiful young woman, beautiful young mother, who I am going to go out on a limb and assume that she is, in part at least, of American Indian lineage, American Indian heritage. I believe that based on her name, based on her location, and based on her appearance. But the monstrous, tragic, horrendous circumstances of the birth of her baby as compared to this baby born in Canada. And yet, this is more monstrous, if possible. This is the first baby born without a gender designation on their health card. And this is courtesy of not only this perversion of justice, this perversion of government rule, of the extreme socialism, socialist activism in the government, but also of her parents or his parents. So instead of he and she and her and him, we have it. We have cousin it. Okay. What a step forward. Oh, this is so brilliant. It is so progressive. We are so enlightened. You know, back 2,000 years ago, 3,000 years ago, 4,000 years ago, 6,000 years ago, all those people back then, they were so stupid and ignorant. Or, more recently, 1,000 years ago. Okay, 1,500 years ago. Oh, my gosh, back in the Dark Ages. Oh, oh, back in the Middle Ages. Back in these times which people were just so superstitious. They had all of these religious superstitions, right? Worshiping God, fearing God, and believing that there was any connection between what happened on this earth and God. What happened on this earth and the sinfulness of mankind, that there was any connection between that. Oh, how blind and ignorant can you get? But meanwhile, now... We have marched forward these millennia. So now we can actively and with the use of taxpayer funds, we can indoctrinate little children to believe that you're not male or female. You decide what sex you're going to be. You decide what race you're going to be, what nationality you're going to be. 
But most unspeakably and grievously, this you decide what sex you're going to be, and you decide what your sexuality is going to be. Now, mind you, these extreme socialist activists are not content to allow the children to decide independently. Instead, they are carefully trained, not the right way to go, but the wrong way to go. They are carefully subverted and corrupted and perverted, courtesy of the United States of America, courtesy of Canada. Well, you know, President Trump and his angry, divisive, divisive speech in Phoenix, Arizona concerning immigration policy and security. And he did reference Senator John McCain, who sadly is apparently suffering brain cancer. But Senator John McCain was one of the absolutely inexcusable ones, has been, throughout his political career regarding immigration. There he is, really, if you will, at ground zero of just the whole immigration crisis. And he never, ever, ever did anything responsible regarding it. Never. And, of course, he has... He's been part of the problem, to put it mildly. But President Trump issued a presidential pardon to Sheriff Joe, Joe Arpaio. Oh, how monstrous, how terrible, this good, godly, righteous man who did so much good there in Arizona. And meanwhile, past presidents have pardoned evil people (laughs) with impunity and on a huge scale. But meanwhile, John McCain joins the socialist activists to decry Trump's doing this, saying that he shows callous disregard for the rule of law. Well, whose rule of law? If the laws are good and godly, That's one thing. But when they've been perverted and corrupted and destroyed and are used to destroy the good, that is something else again. I'm Brad Thomas, and this is After All is Said and Done. After all is said and done, then we will know, won't we? But perhaps we can know now if we choose to. Thank you.